This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Everybody said amen and amen. I want to go ahead and uh, dive into this real quick today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, we're going to read verses 18 and 19. I'm going to give you just a second to get that scripture. We're going to read these two, and then we're going to jump into Luke chapter 24. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 20, verses 18 and 19, and then we're going to jump to Luke chapter 24. If you have your word, or if you're you're looking at it on your device, Matthew chapter 20, verses 18 and 19 speaks to why we're having this service this morning. It says, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But this is it right here and this is what causes me to rejoice inside. It says, on the third day, he will be raised to life. That was the promise given that on the third day he'll be raised back to life and I'm here to tell you you, like most of you know, he has risen and he is alive this morning. I want to ask you real quick, what comes to your mind when when you picture Easter? Do you have the warm memories of going to church and singing the hymns like we just sang? Uh, or maybe your, your, yours is those of trying to decorate Easter eggs and, and hunting them early into the morning. I've always wondered, and I wondered, have you ever thought, what does bunny rabbits and eggs have to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And the short answer of that is absolutely nothing, okay? The longer answer is that rabbits and eggs were both symbols of springtime and new life. In, in, in the Eastern, um, and so, so here's what I love. I love Easter eggs just as much as the, the, the next guy, especially the ones that have um, a chocolate on the outside and have the peanut butter on the inside. Those are my favorite type of eggs. I love them just like anybody else, and my kids love them too. But I'm here to tell you, and I teach my children, and I want to let you know today, that's not what Easter's about. We might do those types of things because it's fun and it's cute and we like to spend time with, with, each, with, with, with each other. But I'm telling you what Easter is really about. It's about a man who was killed like a criminal, but he rose like a king. And I am thankful today to say that he is my king. You know, last week we talked about the path that Jesus took and he healed this blind man along the way. He asked the blind man, he said, what do you want me to do for you? He was bold on, in, in that moment, and he asked for his sight. And because he was bold in asking for his sight, he was healed. The word said that when Jesus came to the gate, that he wept, that he cried. We asked the question, why did he weep and why did he cry? And we believe that it's because over lost souls. He, he, he doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to know him. So he was coming down these streets knowing that everybody that was yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna would later crucify him and, and would even mock him. And so he was sad and he was weeping because he loved them so much. And it's why he even said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. His passion for people was so great and he loved them so much so he wept. We also think that he wept because his ministry was just about over. He knew that everything that he had worked towards, 
Everything that he had done was leading up to this moment, and he knew that it was about over. So he goes into this place, and knowing what the fate of what was to come, he never missed a moment to teach. And in Luke chapter 20, the rest of the story goes on that he broke the bread during the during, um, um, during the Passover. He went to pray. He was arrested, went on trial, sentenced to die. And just a couple of days ago, we talked about the dreary day that he gave his life. And for some of the people involved, they thought the story ended right there. I can't begin to imagine this morning the pain that he went through that day, or what was going through his head to see the very people that he cared about hit him and nail him to the cross. All the hatred towards him, and before he offered himself to heaven, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What a love, a perfect love that was described that day. He lived the perfect life that we could never live and died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. His friends took his body and buried it in a stone tomb. But the story didn't end there, you see, because when they returned on that first Easter morning, they found the tomb empty. Jesus had risen from the grave. The empty grave this morning is a promise that he's alive and that he is well and that he's watching over us right now and that one day he will come back for those that, that know him as, the, as their Lord. Lord, and he will take them back up to meet with him one day and I cannot wait for that day to happen you see because of Jesus Easter is a time where we can start fresh nothing illustrates this better than what happens next in this story we have Mary Magdalene was who was one of the first ones on the scene and to summarize the beginning of chapter 24 the woman took spices to the tomb and found that the stone was rolled away. They saw that Jesus was not there. And in their confusion, angels appeared to them and asked them this question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. They then went and told their story to which some didn't believe. We have, we have, um, we, 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 we have um, a Peter who, who ran to the tomb and saw the linens lying by themselves proving the story was true. Jesus was risen. But here's where I want to go to this morning. Around the same time, on the same day, two men were walking the road to Emmaus. About a seven mile walk. And I want to preach on this road and, and pull out a couple things about the story that I think is so good for us today. So if you have your Bible there, Luke chapter 24. Here's what it says. Now that same day, two of them were going to a, a village called Emmaus. About seven miles. I think that's important because seven, the number of completion. The same amount of days that um, Joshua marched around the walls before they came down. Seven days to create the heavens and the earth. Six days of work. One, he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because it was good. He rested because it was done. God will not rest until what he started in you is complete. And I think that's a message right now that you might think he's done. Let me tell you something. And he's not done with you quite yet because he won't rest until he has done everything he wants to do. What he has started in you, he will not quit until his job is complete. That is the perfect nature of God. The promise that he gives, he won't stop. So they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, 
Jesus himself came up and walked along them. But I love this passage, and, and I want to spend just a minute here. It says, but they were kept from recognizing him. They were kept from recognizing them. As if something was keeping them from recognizing who this man was. He, they were kept from it. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? As if he did not already know. He's Jesus. He knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows what you're going to say before you even do it. So he's asking them, what were you talking about? They stood still. Their faces downcast. One of them asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? See, that proves to me that these two men knew the story. They knew what the promise was. They knew what was about to happen. And, and they were so confused as to why they find this guy walking along the road with them that possibly didn't even know what was going on. It's interesting and ironic to me to note here that they are asking the risen Lord if he was the only one that didn't know what was happening. How could they not know this man was Jesus? Remember, they were kept from knowing him. It goes into verse number 19. What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was, and I want you to look at that word. It says he was a prophet because they still think that he's dead. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. They knew him. They knew who the man was. They just didn't realize the man they were talking to was that man. They thought he was still dead. They were kept from recognizing who they were talking to. And then verse number 20 says, The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But I want you to look at this next verse, verse number 21, because once again, he, these two men are talking about Jesus in the past tense. He said, But we had hoped that he was the one who is going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. They knew what the promise was. They knew what was supposed to happen. They knew that it would be on the third day. And since it was the third day, because they were kept from recognizing who this man was, because they hadn't heard that it had actually happened yet, they began to have doubt in their mind that Jesus was who he said that he was. They began to doubt that this man was the Messiah. They began to doubt that when he died that he would be raised again. Then it goes on to say, and then some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a, a vision of angels who said he was alive. It's starting to come. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. This is Jesus, the man who they didn't know it was Jesus, talking to them and says, I can't believe you, you don't believe it. All the prophets have spoken to this moment. They've all said what was going to happen. And how dare you not believe what they said? Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, you see, he began to then tell the stories to them. 
in just confusion as to why they couldn't believe the resurrection story, he began to say, you know what, then I'm going to teach them about it right now. I'm going to start from the beginning, and I'm going to, it says, explain to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He had seven miles to tell them all about who he was. And beginning with Moses. And yet they still had no idea who they were talking to. And keep in mind, all the verbiage here is in the past tense. These men are speaking to a present living Savior about a hope and a promise that they think is dead. But they have no clue that the promise is looking at them right in their eyes the whole time. It goes on to say, as they approached the village to which they were going... Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. They made a new friend. They liked this guy. They enjoyed the conversation. They said it's late. Won't you stay with us for a night? And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And I want you to notice something real quick right here. Because it was after this moment when something happened. That which was blinding them during the walk was lifted. They heard the stories about this man. And then something clicked. Have you ever thought that maybe your promise is right before your eyes? But because of everything that's going on around us, we're blinded to it. But then something happens and we realize it's right there. Let me tell you something. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. And I'm ready to get back to church just like everybody else is. I'm ready to see you sitting in these seats just like every other pastor is. But I'm telling you, I miss people. But in every situation, good and bad, I must see it with spiritual eyes and ask, what is Jesus trying to tell me in this? What is Jesus trying to show me? What is he trying to teach me? And maybe, maybe, just maybe, he's saying, sometimes it takes COVID-19 to break out for us to slow down and find happiness in the small things again. Sometimes we take for granted the things we're so used to doing, but we appreciate them all the more when we can't do it anymore. Sometimes it takes us going to a quarantine to make us slow down so we can stop talking and listen to the Spirit talk to us sometimes it takes a tragedy for us to get back on track I'm here to tell you this morning that sometimes the answer is walking right there with us but we don't see it because we're so busy we stay so busy with our lives that we don't realize the very thing that we've been praying for is walking with us the entire time so I want you to see what happens they broke bread they gave thanks. And then their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. Just like that he's there. And just like that he's gone. They asked each other. Were not our hearts burning within us. While he talked with us on the road. And opened the scriptures to us. Something about hearing the stories from the mouth of Jesus. Made them feel different on the inside. They felt something special about this guy. Right before they even knew who it was. How powerful is that statement. That the very talking to this man. 
caused them to be like, oh, wait, wait a second. This guy's different. There's something about him, man. It's nice. I really like it. Let's invite him to stay with us for one more night. I like, listen, this man talked. There's so much joy, so much truth that's coming out of his mouth. I wonder who he is. And then they find out that it's the risen Lord. They find out that it's the Savior. They find out that it's the very thing that they've been hoping that would happen. They find out what all the prophets have been preaching about, that the moment has come where the Jesus, where the Christ had risen and he was walking with them the whole time. So when they understood what had happened, when they figured out who he was, they caught up and returned at once. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together saying, it's true. The Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This story that we just read is one of renewed spirits, one of a fresh start, and one of answered promises. But let me tell you something. The story began with a broken heart. These disciples had committed their lives to walking with Jesus. They believed in what they believed was God in human flesh, but then he died. The ground beneath the old rugged cross was tinged red with the blood of Jesus. To say these guys were discouraged is an understatement. They were devastated. They were heartbroken. That was their king. That's the one they walked with. That's the one that they trusted. That's the one that they believed in. And they looked up and they see him dead. And in their minds, they had given up. When Jesus joins them on the road to Emmaus, he asks, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And immediately the Bible says they stop short, sadness written across their face. As they tell the stranger all about Jesus, the miracles he did, and the death that he suffered, they conclude we had hoped that he was the one. Can you sense the broken heart? You see, anytime you start talking about hope in the past tense, you know you're in trouble. Because a soul without hope is like a body with no food. I hope you can relate to that today. Do you know what it's like to think of hope as a thing of the past? Do you walk, low, do you walk a lonely road with sadness written across your face? Have you ever talked about God's promises in the past? As if your window has passed and that your miracle isn't coming. You see, that's exactly what these men did. They're walking with Jesus. They don't know it yet. And they state, but we had hope that he was the one. They were speaking presently to a living king. About a broken heart and a broken hope and a broken promise. You see, we all have kind of hopes and dreams. The hope that we might find the perfect person and get married. The hope that the marriage we have will, will be ignited again. Some of us hope desperately to have a child while others hope that their kids might turn their lives around and find Christ. We hope to get out of debt. We hope to not have any stress. We long to be healed by this disease or the disability that we have. Or we can hope that we break the cycle of addiction to where we don't have to deal with it anymore. When those hopes and dreams go unfulfilled, our hopes are shattered. And we feel discouraged. We feel down. And we feel like we've lost hope. There's something that I want to point to you, though, this morning. Wherever you're watching this message... I want you to be, I want to be clear with this. And I want you to understand what I'm about to say. These men were broken. 
These men were discouraged. They had hoped that this man was the one. But even though they didn't realize it yet, Jesus was walking with them. Listening to their sorrows. You see, no matter how discouraging or depressing life gets, no matter how hurt or heartbroken or how lonely you might feel, Jesus won't make you walk that alone. He's right there with you the whole time. You may not see him, but he's there. You may not hear him, but he's there. He came alongside these men and he walked with them in their pain. And let me tell you something this morning. He can do the same for you. Let me ask you though, would you recognize the voice of God if he was standing right next to you? Or are we so down on ourselves, broken hearted over unanswered promises that we don't look up to notice who we're talking to? Jesus was walking with these men. But they didn't see it. They were kept from understanding that. They were so discouraged over their broken promise that they didn't realize this was the Messiah. Understand this morning that no matter what you go through in this life, Jesus is walking with you. I believe this seven mile journey was appropriate and purposely written. So that we could be reminded that God's plan is perfect and that he will not stop or rest until the job is complete. I want you to hold your faith this morning that the same God who rose from the dead on this Easter morning is still coming through on his promises. So they started with this broken heart. But then along the road something happened to them. And their hearts went from a broken heart to a burning heart. As they walked, the Bible says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us? As he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us, the word of God can still do that for you today. You see, Jesus reintroduced these men to the Old Testament. Perhaps Jesus was in, was in um, Genesis chapter 3 with the first promise and traced that promise all throughout scripture. He might have lingered right at chapter 22, which tells of Abraham placing his only son on the altar. Surely he talked about Elijah. Surely he mentioned about Joshua and, and surely he told them about David you see the, uh, the key to understanding the Bible is seeing Jesus on every single page Jesus is the thread woven through all the scriptures the central theme that binds them together Jesus didn't just teach them the doctrines he explained to them from the scriptures the things about himself he was in a sense at that moment making the Bible come alive to them he made the word of God burn inside of their hearts. Before they even realized who they were talking to, hearing Jesus explain the scriptures set their hearts on fire, reignited their passion and hope. And I think the scripture can do the same for you and me. No matter what you face, you can open up your Bible and Jesus will meet you right on the page. He'll minister to your heart through his word. Why? Because today on this Easter morning, Jesus is alive and he comes through on his promises. Whatever he promises, 
promise he will do. Hold on to that today. You see, when we treat the Bible like a textbook, we can't see the true power. But when we see this book as a love letter written to us, when we see this book that it's by Jesus and about Jesus, it will lead to my heart burning on the inside. You see, Jesus opened up the scriptures to these men. And their broken hearts turned to a burning heart, which lastly became a buoyant heart. When they finally arrived at Emmaus, Jesus acted as though he would go on alone. But, the, but these two men begged Jesus to stay with him for the night. They didn't even know who this stranger was. All they knew was that their hearts were burning on the inside. And they didn't want that blessing to go away. They were broken. All of a sudden they feel different. And they're like, man, we want this guy to stay with us just a little longer. They had a buoyant heart because something was different about this man. Where they didn't want to leave. So we have Jesus. Stays and as they sat down to eat. Jesus took some bread and blessed it. And in that instant the Bible says. Suddenly their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. He was there one moment. He was gone the next. But it didn't matter how quickly he went away. What mattered to them was that moment when they realized who he was. First they saw him in the scriptures along the wall. Then they saw him face to face. And let me tell you something this morning. Seeing Jesus to those men made all the difference. Seeing Jesus transformed their broken hearts into buoyant, exuberant, joyful hearts. They've now realize that the very promise that they thought was dead was now alive that he was alive and this is for somebody this morning I don't know who's watching and I don't know who needs to hear this right now I don't know what God has promised you and I don't know what the enemy has done to steal that hope of your promise but let me remind you this morning who holds the keys let me remind you of the one who is a promise keeper let me remind you that his promises are yes and amen let me remind you that God's not going to stop or rest till what he began in you is complete you see Jesus will come through on his promise the empty grave proves that promise and as Jesus was willing to walk the entire seven miles for these men to realize that their king truly had risen he was alive and I hope you catch that today the excitement that these men must have felt the Bible goes on to say, and within the hour, they didn't waste any time. I'm not even sure they stayed for the whole meal. They broke the bread, realized who this was. They were so excited that they found Jesus that it says within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. They were so full of hope and happiness that they could not sit still. They raced the seven miles back and met back up with the other, with the other ones to share what they had experienced. They had to share with somebody else. And let me tell you something. This is how it's supposed to be today. Have you ever had God do something for you that you couldn't keep silent? That you couldn't go another day without telling somebody about what God did? Where what He did in you excited you so much that you had to tell somebody right then. I've got to share that with somebody. Listen, let me tell you something. What has God done for you? 
What has he done for you throughout your life? Share it within the comments. Let us rejoice with you. What has God done for you? Because he has and he will continue to do good for us. Amen. It goes on to say that the other disciples had had similar experiences. Jesus appeared to them as well. And the Bible says the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. John chapter 20 verse 20. Seeing Jesus made all the difference. In that moment they went from hopelessness. From brokenness. To a mended heart. To a buoyant heart. A joyful heart. An exuberant heart. And they realized in that moment that it was Jesus who filled them with that joy. Let me tell you something. I don't know how you feel. Are you sad? Depressed? Are you anxious? Let me tell you something. Reach out to Jesus. Reach out to him because his hand will reach right down where you are today. And he'll take that spirit and he will fill it with joy this morning. These two men traveling along the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus experienced a fresh start that night. Their hearts were revived when their sp- and their spirits were renewed. The best part is that Easter promises to do the same for each of us. No matter where you are in the journey called life, Jesus wants to reveal himself to you and transform your life. He may not appear to you like he did the men on the road to Emmaus, but he will show himself to you if you seek him. God created you so that you would look for him. The Bible says that if you search him with all your heart, you will find him. You can see him through the pages of scripture. You can see him in the answered prayers. You can see him in lives of those who worship with him. You can see him in the cross and you can see him in the empty tomb. Wherever you are whenever you see Jesus everything changes as I begin to close this message and kind of land this plane I want to talk to you really from my heart I want to be honest I want to be sincere and I want to be passionate there are many of you watching right now that you try so hard to stay in control. You just don't know how to let go and let God take over the situation that you deal with. And I want you to hear this desperate plea of this pastor today. No matter where you are from, this is true for you. You might be like the two men on the walk and not realize Jesus is walking right beside you. You want God to take over. You want to know He's real in your walk with Him, but you just can't let go of control. And I want to talk to you right now that you may very well be 20 inches from your answered promise. 20 inches or so from knowing the peace that He can give. 20 inches from knowing that joy. What's that 20 inches? For most people, it's 20 inches from their knees to the floor. When we try so hard to control life by ourselves, 
we stand with the posture that doesn't want to let anybody else in. But when we're willing to submit to the power of Jesus Christ and we're willing to do whatever it takes to know Him, then we're not going to let 20 inches stop us from falling on our knees and saying, God, do it in me. God, do it in me. God, do it in me. I don't know what where you are today don't let 20 inches keep you from receiving joy right where you are get on your knees and cry out to the living God to say I am going to let go of control I'm going to let go of doing things my way it hasn't worked it won't work I realize that I understand that And I'm ready to relinquish control over the situation that I've tried to control for so long. And I'm going to fall to my knees in a desperate plea, crying out to God, God, do it in me. Twenty inches from receiving joy. Twenty inches from receiving your promise. You see... When you fall to your knees and you bow before Him, you do it in the same way that Jesus did in in the garden. When His soul was overwhelmed to the point of death and when He knelt down, He displayed the greatest faith between the if and the yet. Between the if and the yet. When He said, if it is possible, May this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. You see, sometimes the greatest faith starts between the if and the yet. When you realize that I'm out of control, yet, if it is your will, let it be done. What's my message for you today? Surrender to him. Fall the 20 inches to the ground right where you are and say, God, I need you. Relinquish control. Give it to him. You've worried about it for too long. God, open my blinded eyes so that I can see the promise that's been walking with me the entire time. So as I close this out with a prayer, there might be some of you watching that says, I need a new start. You see, the amazing thing about God's grace is that when you commit your life to Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. You're made new. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as easy as that. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Ask him to cleanse you, to right all the wrongs, to ask for the courage to lay down anything that's not pleasing to him. And the Bible says that you will be saved. I want to tell you this morning, and I want to be as clear as I can be. The reality is there is a heaven, but there's also a hell. Hell is a real place, and it is a place that people will end up if they don't give their life over to Jesus. I'm telling you, a lot of people don't want to hear it, 
but I'm going to preach it this morning that hell is real and I don't want anybody watching this live feed today to end up there so I'm begging you I'm asking you in a desperate plea if you're watching and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior I pray that as I pray right now that you give your life to Him that He would cleanse you of all sin that you'd be purified from the inside out and that you'd be able to show the signs that you're a different person they didn't recognize him. But when the two men saw that it was Jesus, everything changed. And God can do the same thing for you. You might look one way right now. But when you give your heart to Jesus, you are a new creation. A new creature. The old is gone. The new is here. And I'm telling you, from the outside, you'll look different. So I want to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, please pray with me and ask that he be the Lord of your life. Jesus, I come right now and I'm asking for anybody watching today or might watch later and they don't know you as their Lord, I pray that they pray these words. Lord, be in my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Purify me wash me clean take away all sin make me be like you I'm willing Lord I'm willing and I want to thank Jesus right now and just give a shout because there might have been somebody who gave their heart to Christ there might be somebody who shares this page with somebody else and they listen to it and they find a relationship with Jesus there might be somebody, you might have a son or a daughter that might not be watching right now, but just send them that link because they might just come to know Jesus. Not because of words I said, but because of words that He said. And then lastly, there might be those of you watching that were like those two men. Discouraged because they thought the promise was dead. I'm here to tell you, the promise is alive. The promise is well, that he has not forgotten about you. And he is not slack, the Bible says, concerning his promises. I want you to speak the promises over yourself. Speak the promise of God. You have the power to speak that life over yourself. Speak it, speak it in the name of Jesus. Don't doubt like those two men did but rather realize that the promise you've been seeking might very well have been walking with you, but you've been blinded to it because we're not seeing it with spiritual eyes. Believe today that He is the Lord and believe today that His promises are yes and amen. Father God, for every person watching that might have lost hope over their promises, that you would renew in them a new spirit that they may understand and realize today that the promise is walking right beside them along the way. God, I love you. And I praise you, Father. And blessed on this Easter morning to celebrate the only one who is risen the only one who's alive and well
and the only one that can save me and you. I thank him for his promises. Don't ever forget the meaning behind the empty cross and the empty tomb and the empty grave. Jesus beat them all so you would be free. I want to thank you for watching services today. We're so grateful that you joined with us and we hope that you continue to pray with us and for us that this nation come to know Jesus Christ.